What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Neighborhood Podcast. One of the hosts of the podcast. My name is Kyle Dabro. What's going on, everybody? Kevin Valentin here, the other half of the podcast. Today we got a special guest here, Tyree Hunter. What's up, my boy? Spavin. How y'all doing? Good, man. What's going on with you? Chilling. That's life. Yes, sir. Sports. You ready to get to it? Oh. All right. So just to kind of lay out the topics for you guys today, we're going to go over the Hawks and 76er series. If you guys hadn't watched it yesterday or what took place on Wednesday was probably one of the most epic collapses we've ever seen by a number one seed in NBA playoff history. The Hawks came back from a 26-point deficit in game five against the Sixers and stole a game five in Philly with the win. The Hawks take a 3-2 series lead and take that series lead to Atlanta for game six for a potentially series clinching win for Atlanta. So we'll dive into that for a little bit. We'll talk about the Clippers and the Jazz for a little bit. They just finished up their game five on Wednesday as well. The Clippers currently hold a two uh, hold a 3-2 series lead over the Jazz, and they take game six back to L.A. for another potentially series clinching win as well. We'll also talk about LeBron a little bit, even though that the Lakers are out of the playoffs. He put a message up over the last couple of days highlighting the amount of injuries that have taken place across the league, just with all the injuries in the playoffs. So we'll talk about whether or not that his statement is true or not. We'll, we'll kind of dive into that a little bit later. And then kind of some topics that have popped up within the last couple of hours. I know Kevin's going to definitely have a lot to talk about this. Uh, Rick Carlisle is now the former head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. He decided to inform the team that he will no longer be the coach for the Mavs. So the Mavs have a new head coaching vacancy to fill. So we'll dive into that for a little bit. And then if we have time for it at the end, I know Kevin mentioned uh, before the episode that we were going to get into a little bit about this major league baseball rule about the pitchers and suspension over these foreign substances. So if we have time at the end, we'll, I'll just basically let Kevin have the floor on that one, let him chime in on that. But like I said at the top, let's just dive into this Hawks and 76ers series real quick. Guys, let me just get your overall take on, first of all, what happened in game five between the Hawks and the Sixers. Tyree, I'll start with you. Collapse, choked, trash. Yo, Glenn Rivers, he has to, he has to, he has to answer for this. <laughs> I, I don't know how, like, how else to put it, like. I'll let I'll let Kev like talk about the statistics of like how he how he's been here before, but he's been here before <laughs> ad nauseum, like plenty of times, starting with T Mac in the 90s. Like something like you're doing something wrong where you're up big in like very important games and you and you and you choke it, you choke it away, you collapse. Um, so it has to you have to you have to look at coaching. Um, you have to look at the makeup of the squad where, where Tobias Harris, wasn't it like Tobias Harrison and, and Ben, they went for like two points in the fourth or like, I think the only two people to like score in the fourth were, were Embiid and like one other person, like that's Seth. coaching, that's coaching. Yeah. Seth Curry, that's coaching. You know, you're not putting your guys in the right in the right position to succeed when it comes down to it and, and when palms get sweaty. 
like that's I don't know you can't say too much more um I will say like it's not all about the collapse of the 76ers because the boy Trey Young is very cold and and I I I likened him to obviously like let me explain I can explain um Luca and LeBron right where it's like you got to look at those non Trey minutes those non Luca LeBron minutes like what happens to your team mm-hmm. when he's not in the and you know not on the floor like where it's like it's stagnant 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 and then when the kid hits the floor it's it, he he's running off 10 10 points in a row you know assists three now they're going on 10 you know 10 old runs and stuff like that like that's what happens when Trey Young hits the floor mm-hmm. and so you got to harken back to that too. Like the, that, that squad is made pretty well, like with the, with the, um, the alley presence of um, the pick and roll presence of Clint Capella, like cleaning up boards, uh, how hard he cuts to the rim, stuff like that. Um, it's made up pretty well. Um, not Bagdanovich, is it? What's it? What's old boy's name? He, he a little killer. Well, there's a couple um, of guys. They could space the floor. There's with Gallinari, the there's Bagdanovich. Uh, Pagdanovich. Um, he a little killer too. So um it's not all about the quote unquote collapse, but hell yeah, it is. What are we talking about here? I mean, they even have Lou coming off the bench for him too. So yeah, they have a they have a decent squad to like roll with Trey. I know obviously Trey gets yeah. a lot of the shine on that team, but I mean, even their bench, yeah, like they can they can knock down some shots. So, I mean, yeah. Kev, I'll let you kind of take the floor from here. Just your overall thoughts about just this series and where it stands. Well, I mean, first of all, I got to just give a quick shout out. Seth Curry been a hooper since college, man. And them dookie days, them rivalry games, and then him having to go to the, the G League, the D League, whatever it was, 10-day contract after 10-day contract. This man out here dropping 36 in a massive playoff game, although in a loss – He's just showing his versatility, man. Wait, you know, oh, my that, bad, my bad. Not to, like, cut you off. Seth had 36 last night? Mm-hmm. Yes. Get Glenn Rivers the hell out of here, bro. <laughs> you can't lose that game. You can't lose a game when Seth is so getting here's, 36, bro. So here's the best part about it, though, right? So those two were the only two double-figure players in, in Joel Embiid and Seth. They were also yeah. the only two players to score right. in the yeah. second half. Yeah, yeah. Oh, second half? Yeah, in the second half, they were the only two players that scored every bucket. I thought it was the yeah, fourth gotta, quarter. I no, I thought it was second half from if, from if, it, uh, if it's a, if it's a second half, that's atrocious. If it's second half, get Glenn Rivers out of here, bro. You just and, petitioning and, for that man, Doc, to get up out of there. And guess what? Like I hate it had to be him. I like Doc. I love Doc. But so hey, I got I got I got crazy numbers for y'all, right? Like check this out, right? Because I like to look up the crazy shit. Doc Rivers in his career has coached six teams that have blown a 3-1 or 3-2 series lead. Um, Doc um, Rivers in in 2020, last year against the Nuggets, (laughs) 3-1 lead. 2015 against the Rockets, a 3-1 series lead. 2012, the Eastern Conference Final against the Heat, a 3-2 lead. In 2010, the Finals against the Lakers, a 3-2 lead. 2009 up against the Magic, 3-2 lead. And in 2003 against the Pistons, a 3-1 lead. Here's where it gets even better because I just love statistics. In NBA history, 
excuse me, in the last two postseasons, the, the largest blowouts, like in terms of lead blowouts, Doc Rivers out of eight coaches is on this list five times. 2021, the Sixers blew a 26-point lead. 2020, the Clippers blew a 21-point lead. In 2020, the Clippers blew also a 19-point lead. In 2021, the Sixers also blew an 18-point lead. And lastly, 2020 last season, the Clippers blew a 16-point lead. Yeah, Doc Rivers is just it's, it's just not looking good for his postseason resume. But kind of like Tyree said, that's not take away from the beast that Atlanta is coaching aside. Trey Young been hooping this whole postseason. I mean, the man had, what, 39 points last night? Absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. And they got production from, you know, relatively a decent amount of players. I don't want to say everybody. Bogdanovich had a really bad game. He was only 3 of 9. He only played 21 minutes. But uh, John Collins put up 16. Then you had uh, Gallinari put up 16. And you had Lemon Pepper Lou put up 15. So the, the team overall, pretty decently balanced. Obviously, you know, Bogdanovich, I don't know if did he get hurt. Him playing 21 minutes doesn't seem correct. He, he had five fouls in the third quarter. He got into foul trouble early. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So then that makes sense. So Bogdanovich didn't really get into a rhythm, and Atlanta still found a way to win this. We could really be talking potentially about an Atlanta Hawks, Brooklyn Nets Eastern Conference Finals in the next 48 hours, which I'm pretty sure nobody on this earth predicted Atlanta to potentially be in this scenario. You know what I'm saying? Nobody thought Philly would be in a predicament with their back against the wall. Well, that's the question that I kind of have for both of you. Do you feel like Nate McMillan, the coach for the Hawks, is getting enough shine for getting this team potentially to an Eastern Conference finals appearance? I think, no, like win, lose, or draw, you got to look at Nate, Nate, Nate McMillan just because of how the turnaround. Like, mm-hmm. if it's, I don't know the stats. So, okay, Kevin, I know you're the stats guy. From the time, from the time he turned the, uh, from the time he got the job, like they, I think they won like 60, 65, 70% of their games. It was like a flip of the switch. It was like he flipped the switch. He turned the, he turned the squad around. It's like a, it's, it was a stat going around. Like from the time he took over, like they, they, I think they would be like second in the East, you know, like if from the time he took over, you, you, so, know, um, you know, the odd thing is because like Kevin and I had talked about the Hawks when they were going up against the Knicks and both, Kevin and I picked the Knicks to win that series against Atlanta. And then Atlanta proceeds to basically blow them out in five games. And to be quite honest with you, the Knicks, I think really only won maybe like a quarter or a quarter and a half of the entire series. So don't get me wrong. Atlanta has a good squad around them. Obviously Trey young is the leader of the pack, so to speak for that team, but they have a decent amount of role players that step up when they need to. And the one thing that they do is that, you know, if they get hot behind the three-point line, they're definitely they're a tough team to stop. And, I mean, in game five, even despite being down 26 points in the second half, they made it look easy in the fourth quarter. I mean, they scored 40 points in that fourth quarter when, I mean, going into halftime, I believe they were down like 22 points, 22, 24 points. And the fact that they were basically, they doubled, they doubled up the Sixers in the fourth quarter because I think the Sixers only scored like 19 points in the fourth quarter as a team and Atlanta scored 40. So, yeah, I mean, 40 to 90, 40 it, was, to 19, yeah. it was ridiculous. And we kind of talked about it before we even started the recording. There was a point in time going into the third quarter, the Sixers were still by 18 points. At least they were up by 15 and it seemed like the game was over. 
I know it because I was at my parents' house at the time and I ended up going back to my apartment and I'm sitting down on my couch watching Netflix and I look on Twitter and they said the Hawks have taken a lead with a minute and a half left in the game. I'm like, what happened? And then I turned the game on my phone and I couldn't believe it. It was just wild. So I do, I have to give Nate a lot of credit for keeping the team in the moment, like making sure keeping their focus because I, there's a, there's probably like a real good excuse or a good, real good reason. If you're down like 20, 25 points and it's just not going your way. Sometimes it's just easier to kind of just raise the white flag and then just kind of live to see another day and then just fight for game six back in Atlanta. But that's not what happened. Nate must've galvanized those guys on the sideline right after the third quarter. And he got them going because I mean, dropping 40 points, in a game five on the road in a hostile environment like Philly, because everybody knows about Philly and their fans. They're Where's not game not, six. It's in Atlanta. So, you know, Philly the fact that they were able to come back, it's like, good. It could be over. Like, Yo, they about to clinch with Quavo and Lil Baby in the stands, bro. Really, bro, they're going to have the whole Migos squad on courtside. You knew he was in trouble. <laughs> exactly. So to, to, re- to reference Tyree's statistic, Nate McMillan went 27 and 11 to close the season out. That is a win percentage of 71% in the postseason. In 10 games, he's 7 and 3, and that's a percentage of 70%. So, yes, indeed, Nate McMillan 100% deserves a lot of recognition. It's just odd, though, because like, Tyree, I know you've made you've made your criticisms about Doc Rivers, but the Sixers made a made quite a turnaround this year from last year. I believe last year, what they were the seventh seed in Ooh. the East, the Sixers. No, they weren't. They were in the they bubble. Were, you sure? I thought they were low last year in the bubble. Nah, maybe I know Embiid they, was hurt. Not Embiid. They, they didn't. They did not have that high. But they did not have that high of a seed last year in the playoffs. Maybe. Make sure, make sure I'm not capping here. Six. Okay, they were six. Okay, so One I mean, off, not that yeah. bad. so to go from the sixth seed to the first seed this year, you know, I, I I have to give credit for Doc Rivers for for getting that team, really Joel Embiid and kind of that Ben Simmons core to where they are now because Joel is one of the best all around players, was an MVP MVP candidate this year, and Ben was up for Defensive Player of the Year, so. You know, the, those those guys, I'm just saying, like, the the core of Philly, I think this is kind of like the team that we were finally expecting to see. It's just that in the moment now when you're in a game five situation with a 2-2 series split, you're up by 25, 26 points. You can't lose that game. You can't lose it. I was right. The Sixers- it, was, it was the second half. Yes. It was the second half. I looked it up. Yo, get Glenn Rivers out of here, bro. <laughs> That's unforgivable. That's unforgivable. You, 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 you can't know, have two players scoring in the second half on your squad. You can't. There's a lot wrong with that. Seth Curry goes for 36 and you lose to Trey Young, bro. I, I mean, I Trey mean, Young, I'm, yo, I'm tall. I'm, I'm bigger than Trey Young, bro. He I can mean, shoot better than me, but. I, I mean, yeah. I've been looking for Ben Simmons. I've been looking for Tobias Harris. Like I can't, I can't find free him. Free throw line this season. I can't find him. I mean, this postseason, thirty-two. He has forty-five missed free throws. That is more than some franchises have in an entire postseason. A franchise. Yeah. 
in playoffs in, in playoff games. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so what do you guys think about game six between the Hawks and the Sixers? Where do you think it's going to go? I think they're in trouble. I said, he's in trouble. in trouble. Nah, they in trouble. They're about to have Quavo and Lil Baby performing at halftime. It might be a wrap, bro. Lemon Lemon Pepper Lou is going to be in the building, bro. Like, what are we talking about here? They're in trouble. And you got to just think, like, I don't know. They better, they better, I don't know. You better figure something out. So you better you figure the, something out. You got the Hawks winning? You better figure something out. They better figure something out. Because if not, <laughs> you're going home in six to Trey Young and Gallinari. <laughs> Kevin, what you got for game six between these two? Honestly, it's it's, it's hard to say because I know Joel going to go out there and he's going to put up his points. I know for a fact that Ben Simmons is going to be a little bit more aggressive at the basket. I don't know about his free throw shooting, but I know that he will come out a little bit more aggressive. I can't say straight out that Atlanta is going to win convincingly or that it's going to be a, you know, a for sure win. I think Atlanta does seal it at home, but I would not be surprised if Philly has a very aggressive game. And if Joel dominates early on, I think that they, you know, they double Joel and they kick out to those shooters like Seth and, you know, Milton off the bench. And, you know, maybe Philly can find a way to steal one and bring it back to Philly for game seven. But my initial gut prediction is going to be Atlanta winning for sure to, uh, tomorrow. I think just based I, off – go, go ahead. I'll, I will say this. And obviously, like, you got to preface this with you got to be able to win without your fifth, sixth best player. But Trey Young, who's guarding him? Like, Danny Green was probably the best equipped to guard him, Right. And he, I don't, he's not healthy, right? I think he went he's out, out and, and he hurt with the cat. cat and Ben injury. Simmons can't, Ben Simmons is not equipped to deal with that type of perimeter player. Um, he has trouble with like the shifty guys. Um, so mm-hmm. I get why Trey Young is going off, but you got to be like coaching, you got to be able to win without your fifth, sixth best player. And I don't know. I think, I think just based off of momentum right now, I don't know how Philly can get it back. I really don't. I mean, this is deflating, bro. That's not that's not one tire that went out, bro. This is like that's like a two tire blowout right here on the freeway. Like, like, like you yeah. had the momentum. You were you were gone, bro. If this was a race, you you couldn't even be seen it's, going over the hill. And it, it's like, bro, they blew two tires out right before the finish line. Like it's Ooh. it's wild. Like I, it's been a it's been a long time since I've seen this big of an epic collapse from a really good basketball team in the Sixers, oh. but. What it's you just, mean? I was about to say, doctors did it last year. Come on, what are you talking about? The clip show. What are we talking about? I, I'm just saying, like, that was this is a this is a number one seed. This is a number one no, seed. No, and man, for them to blow it like that in front of their home crowd, I mean, I'm surprised freaking Philly fans didn't burn down the arena last night because they lose. Because man, Philly fans is no joke. I, I think Atlanta's gonna win it. I think Atlanta's got I wouldn't it. Be surprised. I just I don't know how Philly can psychologically recover from that. But I mean, who knows? I mean, they played they played Atlanta tough on those two road games, uh, games three and four, and bro, they're gonna have to dig deep. They got they got to get everybody hooping. They got to get Joel cooking. They got to get Ben to at least hit something. Because I know Seth Seth's probably gonna do what he needs to do. Joel's gonna do what he needs to do. But 
like I said, you got to find freaking Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons because I can't find them. Not after that game five. They were, atro- they were atrocious. They think, had to be at Magic City or something. I, I, think, I think Tobias Harris played like 35 minutes in that game and scored four points. Tobias that's his worst game. That's his worst game in a long time. I wouldn't say where's Tobias Harris. Everyone's entitled to a bad game. I'm not gonna oh. let slander Jay Cole's twin like that. Oh, Philly fans were going after him hard yesterday. That's bro. fine. That's fine. But that's that's big bad. cities off. That's big city fandoms for you, man. You have one bad game. Act like this man ain't average like 25 in the postseason. Like they need to chill. They capping right now. Nah. They forget this man had 37 literally game one of this series. And nah. then you go to four points. Four. Yeah, you can't have he had a bad game. Bro. You can have a bad game. That's not a bad game. That's not a bad game. That's worse than a bad, a bad game. game. A bad game for a max contract guy because didn't he get a max contract? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A bad game for a max contract guy is still 22 and but four from four, four of 15. Like you got to still start shooting them bitches, bro. Like, like, like if, he was two it, of 11. He was trying to get into a rhythm. If, if, if we're, if we're talking, saying? if we're talking, you got to like get a, to the foul line, something, but that's also coaching. If we're talking like a bad game, it's like Paul George shooting like a four seventeen, scoring fifteen points. Which I'm gonna put it past pandemic peak. I mean, he hooped in game five, though. He hooped in and game that's five. Our, that, that's gonna be our transition to the next one because we've been on Atlanta for a little minute. Oh, you know, we gonna give we gonna give Glenn Davis a Glenn Davis. We gonna give Glenn Rivers a little bit of a break. <laughs> you feel me? So we we gonna slide and transition over to his former team in the L.A. Clippers at game five. Kawhi Leonard has been ruled out for game six with, a, with an apparent ACL injury. He is out indefinitely. So the Clippers were down a man for game five, and they still found a way to win one in Utah by the score of 119 to 111. So, um, Tyree, I'm going to start with you. What do you think is going on in L.A., and do they have an opportunity to close this out with the momentum they have from the stealing that game? Yeah, uh, I think they do. Um, and I'm I'm really I'm really tight about it because pandemic P, bro, and Reggie Jackson, but if they win another game, bro, like it's it's ridiculous. Um, I, I don't know what happened. I think I don't know what happened. I think they got hot for real, and I think um, Utah should still close this series out. Um, because they they got hot, and and sometimes you just you 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 ride a high. Um, and I think Paul George has seen his life's like flash before his eyes. Cause this was, this is the, this was the game that like, bro, I was ready to slander pandemic P the, like I was ready. And I think he, he's, he, he, he felt that he felt that. And I think, um, just going forward, Utah should still close it out because the way that Marcus, what Marcus Morris spazzed. I think they couldn't miss a shot in the first, even like with Bagdanovich going for like 18 in the first. Um, I don't know how much you can handle or how much you can count on those same performances. And I'm not putting I'm not putting money on on Reggie Jackson going for 22. He's shooting from he's shooting like a 47 clip from three. But. And I'm pissed, bro. <laughs> Yo, Paul George and Reggie Jackson really move you, don't they? Bro, those are like, bro, I can't stand those two players. I don't, I don't hate on like a lot of players, but I hate on them, bro. Like, if they <laughs> want another game, bet if the Clippers really now, nah, what it is is like, y'all know I'm a Bron fan, so I just I can't have the Clippers, I can't have them in in the in the offs and and 
and Bron's not in the offs. I need them out. Like it's stressing me out, bro. <laughs> it's stressing me out having the Clippers still in the in the, in the playoffs, low key. Like, yep. cause if they like, if they mess around and like make the finals or something, which I feel like you get past this, I don't know what like Kawhi's situation is. I don't know if he's like really, really out. I know they said like some ACL stuff, so he might be. Um, if they mess around and get to like the finals or something, like. I'm going to have like a little breakdown, bro. Like, <laughs> so. You better say that PTO. You, you just don't want to see, on, you just don't want to see the Clippers shine, do you? I don't like the Clippers and I like Kawhi. I think Kawhi is cold blooded. It's like, I don't like, I don't like Paul George. I don't like the way he like just cared. Like, I don't know Paul George. I'm talking purely like basketball and like how he answers questions after games and whatnot. Like it just is like, it's, off to me like it's he he does nothing right in the public eye in terms of like how you how you just go about games I don't like even it goes back to like um Pacers days when we used to play them in the cab like with the Cavs where it's like when Miles Turner hit the shot and he was like I need that I need that shot so you can brick bro like what are we talking about like I just I don't know like I can't have Paul George in in the offs bro like Sorry, I'm not praying on his downfall. I might be, but that's just how I feel. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think I think Utah still can. Um, what is it? This is game six that yeah, we're going it, into. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah going the to LA. Up, Clippers up three two. Yeah, going to LA. I, it don't matter. Um, I think Utah could still close it out. Oh man, Clips need one more. Yeah, one yeah, more, and then I'm they like, play bro, Phoenix. They, they play win. Phoenix you after. Think they, gonna they go two in a row. I, I mean, they can absolutely. Yeah, it's the number one seed. I think Donovan Mitchell. It just came out that he's not a hundred percent questionable. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put too much man into that. I think he'll be all right. Man. I think, yeah, absolutely, they can go man, two. I, man, I know, Ty, I know, Tyree's probably thinking. It was like, I hope freaking Doc Rivers like left like some of that coaching residue left with the clitch, left with the Clippers because. He did. I know for you. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, the Clippers even get past Utah. Honestly, they're not getting I, past Phoenix. I, I, I think Phoenix is going to wax them, especially without Kawhi. It's a wrap, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, bro. And we'll probably get into it, but that's that Phoenix squad. Devin Booker is a cold-blooded killer, bro. He's a psychopath, bro. Yeah, I mean, that's, we that's can- what happens when. When Kobe Bryant passes that knowledge on to these players like Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, and they start to hoop. But you know what? Like, it's still different. Like, when Jason Tatum is nice, but I think he's just nice. Like, he's just that good. I don't think he's a kid. Like, I think, like, there's literally something wrong with Devin Booker. Like, he's, like, <laughs> I think, like, he he has – he's a killer. Like, he has, like, that – like, it's scary – to me like how he wants to murder people on the basketball court mm-hmm. i just i don't know i think he wants, think them, he wants to different. break you down at every level yeah like it's psychological for he, him. i think he, jason tatum's just a, like he's just nice like he can just do a lot of things on the basketball court but but the thing is with the suns kevin already knows what i've talked about the suns bro the suns got it they got they got swagger they got confidence and yeah. I, I tell you right now those boys got it. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with Monty Williams coaching them, coaching them yeah. up because that squad, I mean, really kind of that, 
that Devin Booker, um, DeAndre, in like that Mikhail Bridges core, like yeah. it was already a pretty solid core to begin with. Now you add Chris Paul into the mix, bro. It's like wherever Chris Paul goes, like success just follows because he ends up going to the, the Thunder last year. Nobody's even expecting the Thunder to even make the playoffs, even despite having Chris on the team. And then they, they get to the fifth seed in the Western Conference playoffs, and they're one game away from getting to the second round and almost upsetting the Rockets, who were favored to win that series pretty handily. And a lot of that had to do with Chris Paul. And, and you guys saw what he did in that game four against Denver in that closeout game. I mean, he dropped 37 points. He was like, he was like 14 and 19, 15 and 19 from the field. He could not miss. Like you had freaking Mike Malone calling him. Like he's one of the best point guards ever. Well, we knew that, but it's like, it's, it's like time. Like it's actually nice to see Chris Paul on a team that has a legitimate shot to get to the finals. I know he had a couple chances with Houston. I, I think he played what two years in Houston. Like 2017, yeah. 2018, they didn't get to the finals. But, bro, this with him on the squad, I know he's got his little COVID thing that we'll probably get into a little bit later. But, you know, the Suns got it. That's my, that's my favorite out of the West. I don't care who wins this Utah Clipper series. The way yeah. that the Suns are playing right now, the fact that they just waxed Denver in four, <coughs> they beat the Lakers in six. I mean, they they're doing their thing right now. We're not now, gonna so. circle back. We're not gonna circle back. No, 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 no. That's gonna turn to a whole nother conversation. The point is he, the Phoenix is for real. Phoenix proved their doubters in the second round by not just beating Nuggets. They slapped up the MVP of the league and they did it handedly and convincingly. By the way, Devin Booker actually paid for a Western Conference Finals ticket and a signed jersey for the fan that beat the shit out of the Nuggets fan in the States yeah. in Denver. That was hilarious. Shout out to Devin for for being a gentleman because that's shout that's out hysterical. to old boy. That was that was that was some raw. That was raw. I, I need that, I need that Nuggets fan had it coming. I, I need De- I, I need Devin pulling up in a hearse for one of these series clinching games because <laughs> I know he pulled up in that Grand National when they were playing against the Lakers. I'm gonna yeah. need homeboy to, to roll in a hearse. I need him to like come out like the freaking Undertaker yeah. WWE. Devin Booker. So. I mean. He's disgusting, but I mean, we do got to finish up just this little segment real quick. I mean, just to kind of go down this stat line right quick. Nicholas Batum had nine. Marcus Morris had 25. Reggie had 22. Paul George had a surprising game with 37, 16 boards and five assists. Even Terrence Mann contributed with 13 points. So overall, the Clippers had a very, very effective game, winning this by eight total points. The series goes back to L.A. Um, I'm sitting here just looking at the stat line for the uh the Utah Jazz, and I'm seeing a lot of players that normally play very, very well for this team did not perform up to par, and I'm just circling one main portion, and that's Donovan Mitchell being the star of this team. He was 6 of 19 from the field with only 21 points. He was 4 of 14 from the three-point line, which is absolutely ridiculous. And then Jordan Clarkson, their sixth man, he did have 15, but in a very kind of an inefficient night, he was 5 of 12, and then, you know, like Royce O'Neal kind of put up 11 shots. He missed one of his seven shots. And Rudy Gobert, he put up 17 points. And like Tyree said, Bogdanovich was hot. He continued that with 32 to end the night. So I agree with Tyree. I think you, I think uh, Utah has the capabilities to definitely combat and come and take game six away from L.A. and potentially take this back home and win. 
Um, but Donovan Mitchell cannot afford to have another bad night like this. They need Mitchell to give them the points that he's used to getting. You know, he's got to get his 30, 35 points, and they feed off of that energy. When Donovan goes off, Utah's fans eat off of it. People collapse on Donovan's penetration. You kick out to those shooters. You know, you run that pick and roll. You get Rudy Gobert down low in that post. I do really think that Utah is a true number one seed, and they can bounce back. But if for whatever reason, pandemic P, playoff P, vaccination P, whatever the hell you want to call them, has another one of those 35-plus point nights, it may be a nightmare for the Utah Jazz because he couldn't miss. And maybe this is a confidence booster. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I want to say that I definitely have Utah winning game six, in my personal opinion. I think Donovan goes for 35-plus, maybe flirts around with a triple-double, gets a lot of people involved. And Rudy's definitely going for a, a solid double-double, maybe 15 and 15 or maybe even 20-20. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just – like, the way that I look at this this Clippers team, I mean, I mean, in game five, I mean, they shot 51% from the field on the road. I mean, that's, that's impressive. And now you're going back home to potentially – close out the series it's just i can't bank on these guys going off like they did in game five for game six agreed it's just i mean across the board when you got reggie jackson paul george and marcus morris when they combined for damn near 85 points just between the three of them and then they got a nice little 13 spot from terrence man i mean it's tough to combat that even if you're the home team you're the number one seed in the jazz and even though that I didn't think that Donovan didn't have the best night. I mean, by Donovan stepped up, he dropped 32. So, yeah, you know, wherever Donovan was slacking, I guess, but Donovan was there to kind of pick up the slack. The thing that I'm looking at is the jazz defense. It gave up 120 points at home in game five. You know, if they have really any chance to win this game six, they got to limit the Clippers under hundred points. And, yeah. That'll happen. I think that's going to happen. You know, they're going to have to hold it to about 40% shooting from the field. And the thing with the Jazz, Jazz got a nut down their free throws. They shot 70% from the free throw line. The, the Clippers shot 85. So, you know, the Jazz lost game five by eight points. They missed eight free throws. So, you know, you're not done your free throws. It's a different situation. So, all in all, all I just think that Donovan's going to have a – he's going to have a better game in game six. I think they're going to step up the defensive pressure on the Clippers. And I just don't expect the Clippers to shoot the lights out like they did in game five. Yeah, it's oh. not. And then, you know, and then it's a game seven. And then it's really anybody's game at that point. But I figure I'd go with the home team. If uh, the team with the best are, player. It's a team with the best player wins game seven. Depends that's, who shows up. It depends who shows up. If, if Donovan Mitchell shows up, I think Utah wins. If Paul George shows up, then the Clippers got a real good shot at winning that one. So, but, you know, I got the Jazz winning game mm. six. And then game seven, it's kind of like Tyree said, it's whoever shows up. Um, two, yeah, two last points. Game seven, so. mm-hmm. Two last points. I do want to give Paul George credit. Like, Paul George is very good at basketball. And I think that's why some of, like, the the reactions to, like, his games and whatnot, like, rubs me the wrong way. Because, bro, you're, like, you're very, very – I think he has, like, top ten talent, but he just never puts it, like – I don't know. I feel like he'd be in his own head. So, I want to give credit where credit is. He's very good at basketball. And I think his bag is just, like, different. Like, he does he does everything that you want a basketball player to be able to do. Finish right, finish left, mid-range three, slash, like, play good defense. Like, he is a very complete player. And – to the point of Tobias Harris going two points. You said that Donovan Mitchell had a bad game. 
that's what bad games are for for players that are max play uh max contracts like you got to still get your volume you saw you still got to get your points like but it's usually inefficient nights you know what i'm saying you can't have two points but that's going backwards yeah no i i feel i feel that and i respect that i mean the the next topic kind of like coincides with some things that we mentioned a little bit earlier obviously lebron james made a post uh earlier this week talking about how you know a lot of the latest injuries in the postseason were due to the fact that the season started when it did and the, the minimal rest time that the players were able to get uh, this offseason, obviously in particular the, the Heat, who looked very gassed in their first-round series, and the Lakers, who kind of combat, who combated a bunch of injuries throughout their series run with the Suns and throughout the regular season, if we're being honest. Um, I mean, Tyree, I'm just going to bounce it off to you. You are the LeBron fan, and you followed his career since basically you were a little kid. So I want to yeah. know, like, do you think that his – his words actually carry some weight around here because I mean, they're, they're, it's coming to light. All of these star players are getting hurt all the way from LeBron and AD. We're talking about KD. We're talking about, you know, I mean, Kyrie Harden. And then Kawhi. now obviously the latest Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. His, his, um, his words always are going to carry meaning in the NBA when you're the quote unquote, he's the face of the NBA at this point. I just think at this point, it's like duh like we we knew that and they knew the risk that they ran you know it's like everybody just corporations in general like they are in recoup mode like you know what it's about you know um you had to get back on the on, on the court like I get it I get both sides where it's like you got the health and whatnot like I 100% understand but it's like we know and the NBA knew that too um, but it was a risk that they that they had to take. I don't know if I I probably would have given you more time, but I I, I get the decision. Um, so you know, I say all that to say like I don't know how how effective your post is. Like the players are down. You know what I'm saying? They're not coming back. Um, so like I don't. What it, I told you so to 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 the to the NBA. I don't know how effective it is, and all of us knew that from the beginning. Like, yeah, you start a little earlier, you run the risk of injuries. Like we all knew that. I don't I don't know what what the what you were trying to accomplish, except like maybe the sorry to the fans at the end. I don't know like what the what the end goal was. Mm-hmm. Like Kyle, they're not coming back. No, not at all. Kyle, I mean, this, this kind of ties into what we talked about last episode in, or should I say two episodes ago, and Braun kind of losing focus and focusing on a lot of other things. It seemed like he put a lot of effort into putting this post out and making it known. And it's kind of like Tyree said, um, everybody already knew that. It's like common sense. Obviously, you can already see it's happening. There was no reason for that post. So unless he was trying to get a reaction out of somebody, like I said, do you think that he's putting in a lot of effort to really focus on his off-season antics rather than his play? And again, same question to you with the Tyree question. Uh, do you think that it holds any weight? I mean, he's a face of the league. I mean, he chimes in every now and then on certain things that's going on in the NBA. But do I think it's really going to matter in the end? No. Simply just because everybody knew based off of COVID last year, that it was going to throw this season kind of into, I don't want to say a tailspin. It was just going to, it was just going to mash everything in a very small condensed period of time. So, you know, you're talking about the heat and the Lakers. They had what I think two and a half months off 
after their final series going into yeah, the season. I think they had like 70 something days so, off. And, yeah, Let and, It Show had 71 days. And, and the thing is, like, I think the NBA, and listen, the players knew that it was going to be it was going to be a tough year just simply because of, you know, the time from the end of the season last year going into this season. But the point is, is that just the NBA has to get on track again. And this is the season where they did start a little bit later than they probably wanted to, but they had no choice based on just the delay of the entire league getting shut down last year because of COVID. So just at this point, it's like kind of Tyree said, it's like, they're basically like just in recuperation mode. They're just trying to get everything lined up to where they can actually have an actual like decent start to the season next year, where it's not delayed or it's not held to a certain point, like where they're starting the season in December or I late November. I just like, think a lot of people, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I think a lot of like these celebrities and whatnot, like I tweeted it like with, I'm going off, but I, I there's a point to it where like these producers and these directors think that they're well, for their movies, right? They were mad that they put them all on HBO Max. It's like, why do you think that you're pandemic proof? You know, like everybody else had to lose money, lose all this, you know, lose tangible things because of a pandemic. There's no right answer. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's it's more of a touchy subject because it's it's a health thing. But you're not pandemic proof. Nobody was pandemic proof. So why do you think that you're pandemic proof? I don't know. I think that's a really, like, I don't want to say it. Like, it's it's like a harsh thing. You know what I'm saying? But everybody, like, we all lost something. And you lost a little bit of, are you giving money back? Or, you know, like, there's, you got to give something up. And I mean, they had four and a half months off from March of 2020 until July of 2020. So, I mean, just like, the, 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 just... The, the time off for them was chopped up a little bit differently, but it's like, I think everybody go, going into this year knew that the season was going to be a little bit dysfunctional just because of all the COVID testing, the freaking COVID protocols where if somebody tests positive, they're out for two weeks. And listen, injuries are just a part of the game. And, you know, if LeBron wants to attribute all these injuries to the fact that the players are just getting, you know, they're just not getting enough rest or they didn't have enough time in the off season to recover from their injuries. I'm like, but everybody knew that it's like what Tyree said. It's just, the point of it is, is that the NBA has to finish their season as close as possible to on schedule so that they could set it up as best as they can next year and not have another delay to start the season again. So, you know, honestly this year, it's just going to be the, the waters are going to be a little bit choppy, but after this season's over with, it shouldn't be a problem because pretty much once the NBA finishes this season, they're going to transition into next season pretty much on schedule. And then it's just kind of back to normal because now fans are back in the stands pretty much at full capacity. And, and then pretty much that's it. You know, it's just with LeBron's comments, I don't think it's going to be, it's not that big of a deal. He's just chiming on pretty much what everybody knows already. It's like injuries are going to happen. I understand that the season was the time off was condensed a little bit before the season, but it's like everybody knew that it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, not at all. I mean, bronze comments were just one of many crazy things that have happened in the last 48 hours of the NBA. Um, We had coaches fired coaches step away. We've had players uh, making their comments, you know, you know, like, uh, like LeBron, 
as well as um, uh, some injuries and some some NBA news in terms of Kawhi Leonard potentially having an ACL injury and missing out of game five. And now he's officially been ruled out, ruled out of game six. We have Chris Paul, who violated league protocol and is out indefinitely for uh, at least a couple of weeks with COVID. And has there been any confirmation on if he tested positive or not? He's just he's in protocol. I don't know if I don't know if he like if he like went against, like went against protocol. He may have tested positive because I know Shams. Um, he put out a tweet. I think it was yesterday where he said like out of like the 165 players that were tested, one tested positive. I'm assuming that was Chris Paul. So I think it's safe to assume, gentlemen, that based off of what has happened this season with two players in particular, most recently LeBron James and Kristaps Porzingis, both violating uh, league policy, but then being granted to play, KP had to you know, pay a fine and Braun ended up testing negative. Um, I would think it's safe to assume that CP3 had to have tested positive if two other players were you know, granted a pass. The only reason I could see them suspending somebody or keeping them from playing or putting them into the protocol would be because they had to have test positive, right? Tested he, positive. He, he's not suspended. He, it's not like he, protocol. Like he's not allowed to play or be in yeah, activities. He, I, I can, I call it a suspension because you have to be put away. Basically you cannot be around your it, team. Yeah. It, it's, you cannot but, play. It, it's not a, it's not a on the court, just like what happened on the I court know. suspension. It's just suspended play. But it, suspended yeah, exactly. Play. Suspended. Yeah. But if the, if the Western Conference Finals were to start today, is he playing? Not right now. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's protocol. It's just a different yeah. terminology that kind of makes sense in my stupid brain. It's that. But, it's a, it's the freaking COVID protocol. That's yeah. Much so yeah, that's I'm I'm just looking at it like obviously with all the news that has been circulating within the last three days, like the last two days, I gotta ask you guys, Kyle. I'm gonna start with you. What is the craziest news you've heard in the last couple of a couple of days? Because sure as shit has been every time you refresh, Shams or Woj have been dropping something. It's like what we mentioned earlier. The one that got me was the damn 76ers game. I wasn't expecting that. I I don't know why. Like I was thinking maybe picking that or maybe like the Clippers Jazz game five, but I gotta go with the freaking Sixers. That epic collapse. you don't well i was mainly you, referring to between the injuries and the firings like news not the games like like oh, the, the things that have been the, happening the carousel of shit that's just been like bloop 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 the injury part it was probably Kawhi, because i saw him get hurt and it didn't look like anything too serious and now you got shams reporting that he could potentially be out for a significant period of time with his acl injury or that's that's at least what the clippers fear that's what their initial response to Kawhi's injury was so i mean if that's the case i mean you want to talk about throwing a monkey wrench into the western conference playoffs i mean that's it it's it's wild just because even despite Kawhi being out of the lineup for game five with the clippers the clippers still won you know they're going up against the number one seed and they were still able to get it done but i mean it's not something that you could bank on long term in the playoffs because even if the clippers were to get past the jazz in the second round they're going to get waxed by Phoenix in the Western Conference. Without, without Kawhi, yeah, I would agree Kawhi is that big of a difference maker. Yeah, so I mean, tra- I transition the question to you. Yeah, uh, definitely Kawhi. Uh, CP3 is a close second, um, but Kawhi, just because of the repercussions of, of it, you know, like I think we were talking about it uh, before we got on, is I hope this doesn't, 
lead Steve Ballmer not to blow this team up or, or significantly improve this team because you make it to the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi. Like this team is very badly constructed. It needs it needs to be looked at. They they need a lot of they they need a lot of pieces, you know. Um, and so and it's just something I didn't watch that for, because the last game that he played was the 40, 46 or whatever. Then he have like forty something. It was a game. No, four. I don't. I don't. Yeah, game four. Well, he definitely hasn't dropped forty in this series yet. No. No. No, he, he he dropped forty. He dropped like forty plus in Game Six against Dallas. Dallas. Oh, okay. Well, I know he had a good game where he like he like dunked on old boy. That was Game um, Four. Oh, yeah, that was Game Four. Okay. That was Game Four. That was ridiculous. Yeah. So then my thing is, I didn't watch that, so I didn't know he tweaked anything. So it literally it was out the blue. I'm not surprised by it because we all know that he has like very sensitive knees and whatnot. So like. But just to see it come out, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of there's a lot riding on this injury, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to the game, actually watching the game, I'm like, yo, this might be a wrap. Like Paul George, pandemic P is not getting it done. Uh, all you know, props to him for doing that. But it, it was a lot riding on that that injury, just like in terms of like the the future of the Clippers. Like if you get bounced in the second round for the second time, I feel like this. This is a little bit of a saving grace for Steve Ballmer because it's like, oh, we made it, we made it to Game Seven without Kawhi. Like you can start putting some things together that you put. And he might be a smart guy. Like this is a billionaire. Like you know what needs to really happen, and don't let like maybe this little this emotional win cloud that you know what i'm saying like there's some serious things you've got to really take a look at this clippers team it's badly constructed so yeah i mean i guess for me since y'all mentioned the Kawhi thing i would say to me it's obviously a tie unbiasedly with the chris paul thing and then biasedly of course i'm in absolute shock that you know my head coach of 13 seasons has you know decided to walk away for whatever reason i'm sitting here and i'm looking at the chris paul news like damn like what did you do in order to put yourself in that situation? Again, I, none of, nobody knows what exactly has been going on. No one knows what happened. No one knows the details of the story behind it. Or even if he tested positive, these are all just assumptions. But to go out and put your team at risk, knowing that they need you, not for the fact of you contracting COVID or not, but the fact that you are now unable to play or unable to play. Because let's say that LA closes this game out tomorrow. Chris Paul's status is still up in the air because he's out indefinitely. This literally puts the Phoenix Suns in a tough predicament because without their second best player, who's to say that the Clippers don't steal one or two in the first couple of games. And then Chris Paul comes back and the momentum's completely on LA's side. So from a basketball perspective, I think the irresponsibility of Chris Paul pending on what it is that he actually did to possibly contract COVID or not, or at least be placed in this protocol. I think I think I think it's on his head. I think we got away for that because I don't know if CP3 is risking any time off the court. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But I mean, if, if he's the only, if he's the too. only one, if he's the only one, he wasn't out with the team. There's no report of them going out to a club. You know what I'm saying? There was yeah. no one that was around. It's just it said Chris Paul is out indefinitely due to COVID protocol. Did he? Do something on his own. Did he go somewhere he wasn't supposed to? Did he put himself in a in a in a, in a predicament? I can't where see he was that. Able to contract. But, but, I can't but, see. And but, he's the player. He's the president of the players' association. He has a responsibility. I think he takes that really serious. 
I cannot see my him putting himself in a position not to be on the court. I just can't see it. And, and Kev, that Matt Barnes said on the jump, I think on Wednesday, that Chris had already been vaccinated. Doesn't mean you go out. There's still protocols. There's still rules. Like just because you vaccinated, it's it's been put in fine print. I'm not going to get yeah. into a COVID discussion. You can still contract it. The point is the NBA has placed rules, vaccination or not. There are protocols that are in place to make sure that their players remain safe. Because if you contract it and you and you're vaccinated and you get over it or you shed it and you're good, but someone on your team isn't vaccinated because it's not mandatory in the NBA that everyone has to, and you get someone else sick, that's the spread of COVID. That's how viruses work. That's why these rules are in place. So I think, again, this is just my opinion. He had to have been in a place in which he was not supposed to be either alone or with people that he is on his entourage or whatever, or someone got him sick and he got, you know, he's out. But Bottom we don't line, Chris Paul is unavailable. But we don't know that. Don't I know, know that. I just, I, I said, I know, I don't know. This is all assumptions because there's no story, but I'm saying in my mind, the, the president of the Players Association one of the greatest point guards of all time, one of the smartest players on and off the court, is the one positive test we've had all season long? Does that not seem odd to anybody? Does that not, not seem like, damn, did he think like he was untouchable? Like, you know, you feel me? There was a whole NBA season. And there were positive tests in the beginning of the season. When we got towards after the All-Star break and we got into the postseason, who was the one player tested positive? Or who's the one person that got out and definitely put the protocol? Boom, Chris Paul. I'm just saying, the proof is in the pudding, bro. You don't get put in the protocol because someone don't like you. There's there's there's, there's reason. I uh, yeah. yeah I I I would have to just me. I gotta wait. I just I, I don't. Yeah. I can't. I can't see him. I can't be that harsh. Yeah. Not yet. I, not hey, yet. I, I, Hey, I'm, I'm, it's a hot take. People can shit on yeah, me yeah. all they want. People can come for me in the comments. I just think you have to be at least cognizant of something or, you know, open to the possibility of if a report were to come out in two weeks, Chris Paul was out doing something he wasn't supposed to. Don't say I didn't tell you so. Maybe I'm eating shit. Maybe I'm making it a, a rash to judgment, a rush to judgment, whatever. But the point is he's out and the Suns are affected. And if the Clips win tonight, it's going to affect the Suns' playoff outcome. Because you don't just get put in a protocol – for looking at somebody and look and say, damn, I got COVID. That's just not how it works. What? Like, I, I think the thing that the, the slight issue that I have with this is simply just because you're assuming that Chris Paul went out and did something to, go, to get to possibly get the virus. And what I'm saying, it, the point that I'm making is he could have just picked it up anywhere because i mean are they testing everybody that comes into the arena it's like 90 percent capacity in it like all it takes is i mean sweaty you know what i'm saying like, i don't know i i think basically it's like when you go into the arena if you show your vaccination card you don't have to wear a mask you don't have to wear anything at that point but if you're not vaccinated i think they still have like these like designated areas where um if you're not vaccinated you still kind of have to like socially distance from people but like i said but with chris we don't know change. With Chris, we yeah, don't we know. don't know at all. I made an assumption. Analysts do it all the time. They do it on all these other shows. You know what I'm saying? People just make stupid decisions or whatever. Yeah, it's I it's just, just that I, I can't put I can't put irresponsibility on Chris Paul's shoulders because a I don't know what happened, and b yeah he tested positive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he went out and did something wrong. I mean, Lou if, Williams. If I'm wrong, Lou Williams has I'm made wrong. a has made it a habit to go to Magic City, but and James Harden did it. But when he before he got traded to Brooklyn, I didn't see anybody having a problem with him. 
So hey, I'm just that's saying, what all it, the COVID it, protocols were yeah, all in place. It's, so it's just my opinion. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't have a problem admitting I'm wrong. God, we make these stupid decisions all the time on this show. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then obviously the bias, the bias portion sliding into the coaches. Obviously, there were Alua coaches that either were let go or stepped away. Stan Van Gundy's out in New Orleans. Scott Brooks is out in Washington. And then the most surprising, Rick Carlisle after 13 season, 13 seasons has decided to walk away from the Dallas Mavericks 24 to 48 hours after the Mavericks part ways with 24-year uh, veteran uh, Don Nelson as the GM of the team. Luka Doncic has publicly voiced his frustrations with the letting go of Don Nelson. Obviously, Don has been watching Luka Doncic overseas for some time. He's the reason Luka's in Dallas with that trade. And, uh, you, you know, I'm just – yo, what's up? Where's Luka going? Uh, it really depends. I was actually about to get into that. It's crazy oh, wait. because they're... I was trying. I was, bro. I was, I was, I was capping. You think that he might slide? It it, it all depends on oh, the, who no. we hire Luke as a coach. Out of here, bro. Listen, it all depends on who we hire as a coach. Luca wants our assistant coach. Um, oh my God, what's his name? Uh, Jamal Mosley to be put as the head coach. He says that Jamal could lead the team. He says Jamal's a great guy for the job. Jamal's a good guy for the fit. He's publicly praised him all season long that he can be a coach in this league, and that's the guy he wants to step up. Now it's up to Mark Cuban to put, you know, the money where the mouth is. If you said last season, I would rather let my wife leave me or I would rather divorce my wife than let Luka Doncic walk out of the city of Dallas on another team, it's time to pay up now because our coach that led us to a championship, our only championship, is gone. Our GM of 24 years who drafted Dirk Nowitzki and Luka Doncic, is now gone. I think we really need to start considering, is this going to be the, the blow-up? Is this going to be the rebuild? Is this going to be where Dallas tries to reset everything? I don't know. There's rumors that Michael Finley might step in as the VP of President of Basketball Operations, obviously a former Maverick. Obviously, he was drafted as well by the Mavericks. I think that was before Donnie's uh, tenure. But the point of the matter is, an internal promotion is what I see happening as a Mavericks fan in both positions. And if that's the case, Michael Finley knows the ins and outs of this league, obviously being a champion multiple times, obviously playing for the organization for multiple years. And then obviously you have to make sure that the head coaching vacancy is replaced, not only with your star players liking, but someone that can also complement your other role players. Kristaps Porzingis also this season had said he did not like that's the coaching cool. staff and a lot of the decisions that Rick Carlisle had made a lot of times late in games. So if now Carlisle's out, Luca had frustrations with Rick as well. Apparently reports are coming out. So, you know, you'd let Donnie go, but you also let the issue that was, you know, kind of keeping your star player from doing what he needed to do. Who knows? I'm concerned as a Mavericks fan. I'm not happy. I love Donnie. I love Rick. Both of them are, are focal points to the franchise's existence. But there's too many question marks right now in Dallas's offseason. When this literal season was only supposed to be Luca signing an extension. There wasn't supposed to be no fucking blow up, and now there's a blow up. You worried? Bro, I, was, you I, worried. Bro, I was. Yeah, you hella worried. You bro. worried? I was. But I he's. Was a, with but you. to be fair to Kevin, he's always concerned. When it, when his teams are in somewhat of trouble, he's very concerned. Where's okay, we well, don't just lose a head coach and a GM. Where's oh, Luca going, bro? It all depends on the situation. So if he declines to sign it this off season, that he's means signed. he's going to wait. Nah, he's going to sign. They say the super max extension. He's going to sign it. What's that's he a, can't that's sign that yet. Yes, he's eligible. You can't sign that till seven, six or seven. 
No, super max extension. Yes, it's uh, he's you a, think he's get the super max before the your sixth or seventh season. Yes, I thought it yes. was your sixth. He's gonna be paid. He's, he's, he's gonna be paid over two hundred fifty million. Is the projected contract? Bro, when they change that, bro. Bro, I literally, you they get the said it after, after he six. got after he got his his second consecutive first all team or first all NBA. It was reported immediately. Luca is now eligible for a supermax contract extension. What? He, he might By the be. way, first all team. Once again, just saying, throwing it out there. Twenty-two, Luca's two nice. out of three years. Luca, Luca's nice. hella nice. So, so I, like I said, if he does not sign the contract extension in this offseason, where he's going to make the most money, I will one hundred percent say he leaves. I don't know where he goes. I have no concept of what's going to be in the market next season. Because he's still under contract for one more year, so I don't know. You know he could sign that and still finagle his way out, right? You have can't because you're not be, Dallas will have to pay the rest of that out, and Dallas isn't going to be willing to trade that contract because it's bird rights. So he's only getting paid this amount of money because Dallas can afford it because they drafted him. Mm-hmm. So that means Dallas is going to have to eat that. You can only – oh, because it's percentages, right? Yeah, because it's going to be like like thirty five percent of the the salary. The cap, remainder right? of the yeah. salary. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Dallas is going to have to eat that, and unless we're getting back upwards of a of a Giannis off to Tacumbo, even at that, I wouldn't say trade. But I'm just saying we have to get that. Uh, yeah, upper you, you can't trade Luca. You you lose yeah. any trade at this point in time. Yeah. You lose any trade with Luca, and I, I like because guess what? I'm not trading. Luca for Braun. I'm not trading Luca. I barely for KD. Like, you got to look at trajectory. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, yeah. I don't know. It's got to be a big package. Yeah. Anybody. Well, like, yeah. it, it's got to be a package. I mean, Luca's what, 22, 23 years old? 22. Yeah. So it's like, even like, even if there was Luca's the best to... player under 25. So who else are you going to get? Yeah, an older player. And the, and the thing is with, if you're going to trade for an older player, like the older players, like the older players, only going to have a shelf life of a couple of years. Lucas exactly. got ten to fifteen years to go, doing so, what they those players are doing already. You know what I'm saying? Like, all I'm saying is, if we don't hire the right people and we don't make the right acquisitions in free agency and in the trade market, I think Luca definitely walks away because you know someone. If I'm a star player, one of the best players in the NBA at the age of 22, bro, I have the entire league by the ball sack. And my team fires. If my team fires the guy that drafted me, my head coach, and is surrounding me with garbage consistently. And if you don't hire the people I want you to hire, bro, that's like five, six strikes, bro. You struck out twice. I'm trying to think where he could even. Bro, Dallas right now. They gotta be careful. They gotta be careful. Dallas right now has one strike because I don't count two. Don Nelson is the sole strike because Lucas said publicly, "I'm not happy with this." And Rick Carlisle is not a strike because your two best players on the team said that they had issues with him this past season. So I say Dallas has one strike. Their next <laughs> opportunity is going to be who they replace with I, the staff. And their third strike is what we do in the offseason. If yes. we miss the next two fastballs, Luka Doncic is looking at this and saying, but, fuck the money. I'm not staying here with nothing. What can you do? And my bad, I'm, I'm the guest, right? What can you do in the offseason? Because you can't get off that KP contract. It's not happening. Nope. 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 And nobody wants him. So we're stuck nobody with KP. Wants He's him. not moving. No, we're not moving KP. We're stuck with him. I think Wait, we're going to have to utilize – we're going to have to utilize the cap. We have a max contract slot. Max Kleber's a free agent. 
Dwight Powell's a free I like Cleveland, bro. I like I love Cleveland. I think Cleveland comes back. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is a free agent. Unfortunately, we're stuck with Josh Richardson for one more year. I believe Tim Hardaway Jr. is also a free agent. We're trying to bring him back probably for a, a decent deal. I would say upwards of 15 to 20 million a season. That's just what I think in my mind. Y'all got a max? Y'all got a max spot? Yeah. Yeah. Who's who's free? We were going to use that for Giannis. Yeah, oh, too, late. He, uh, too late. Now. Too late. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he signed. He signed. That was that, that's why we cleared the cap and traded some people away. So, oh, mm-hmm. the Yankees are actually teeing off right now. Good shit. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's going on. I think the Mavs need to make a move, whether that's trading future picks or trading something. Hey, if Scott Brooks is out and Russell Westbrook hits the trade but market, I say picks. we throw. I say we throw the boat at Bradley motherfucking Beal, bro. I, I say we say throw that, a bro. house. I swear. I said. I said. I, 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 I Kyle. I've been. I've been saying You've Bradley Beal to Dallas months. for months. Bro, I literally was about to say Brad Beal because nobody else. But then you got to trade for Buddy, right? That's what I just said. Yeah. But but y'all's picks are worthless because y'all are gonna be top top six for fifteen years. But so are they like, willing to make that adjustment or willing to make that risk in the hopes of if we're trading away? What if they don't pan out? What if KP get hurt again? What if we don't produce the Western Conference? But if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, well, see, I get it because if I'm the Wizards, I just take the first round picks. I get it, four or five of them joints, right? Yeah, and then then you stack those up, and then you trade them for a a, a, maybe the first or second overall pick. You know, you trade up for the whatever. You know what I'm saying? Picks are valuable in the NBA. We all know twenty y'all's picks are going to be twenty. They're going to be second round picks, basically. Unless they're protected picks, you know what I'm saying? If if we don't make the playoffs, obviously those picks are going to be good. Y'all it's, are making the, the playoffs for the next 15 it, it, years if you it, keep Luka. It's not in the if, Wizards. Exactly. If we keep Luka, I think yeah. this 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 potential acquisition is going to determine whether he signs or not. If we get Bradley Beal, he stays. If we miss on everything, and we're fucked. We don't need a but point But that's guard. what I'm saying, though. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Luka stays if you go and get Brad Beal. Brad Beal for the Wizards to say, okay, you know what I'm saying? Those picks will then be, they would be worthless. Like, okay, so you know what I'm would you rather trade for scrub players that are going to do nothing for you? Because no one has value that's going to give up enough for him. That's that's kind of the point that I was going to make. Like, why would the Wizards trade Bradley Beal if they're not going to get somebody like Luka in return? Exactly. You got to accept that I it's going to be picks. It, yeah. Picks are not going to be good enough. You're talking about Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is the best player on what that team. What else are you gonna do? Bradley Beal is also thirty. Bradley Beal is also thirty. What else are you gonna do? But my point is, is you're gonna have to give Washington something. You can't just give them four or five picks and expect them to be happy to. with that. I don't think Dallas has all the leverage. If unless they Russell, unless I think Washington blows up, unless Washington takes the freaking playbook from freaking Sam Presti with OKC, and you just stack a bunch of first and second round picks. And yeah. do it like that, but I don't think Washington's going to do that. It's just that maybe me, a three-team deal. I will know. I, 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 off KP. I, like, I, th- I think a three-team deal is probably the best way that you could do it because. But Dallas Washington, doesn't have a team to 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 maybe trade KP to somebody else and get a a first-round pick. It, like it, oh, it, I, it, I think fifteen or something. GM said in a report like a couple of weeks ago. Nobody of wants ago. KP. Yeah, I saw yeah exactly. Exactly. Bro. I mean, KP in that in that. First round series, Kev. I mean, you had enough. Thirteen and a half points. I'm aware. You had enough. I'm fucking aware. It's just, but it's like. But again, that goes to the Rick Carlisle point. I'm not defending the firing or letting go of Rick Carlisle, but it was publicly noted before Rick left, he wasn't happy 
and Luca wasn't happy. They were not happy with what uh, Rick was calling, and now Rick is gone. So maybe this turns around the playbook. The KP can maybe be a little bit more aggressive. But I actually saw a video where they broke down film in a lot of Dallas games, and the main reason, believe it or not, wasn't because of Rick. It's because of Luca. There are a lot of plays of, of pick and rolls and pick and pops. Luca decided to keep the ball and shoot the ball or lay the ball up or go to the free throw line in which he misses in the postseason, God knows, like one out of two every time. So who's to say the problem isn't Luka Doncic for why Kristaps Porzingis wasn't getting his shots? Because if you look at a lot of film when they roll and, and KP's open, Luka's taking, Luke, excuse me, Luka's taking shots two on one, one footed off balance, fading if away. I'm Luka, I'm taking them. But yeah, but, but at the same but, time, but, but you want to win basketball. I get what you're saying. But yeah, there's there's a cause and effect with that because Kevin, there were games where Luca was putting up 30, 35 shot attempts. And, yeah. and you had Chris Tops only making what six out of like 12 shots, but he only had like 12 shot attempts. Exactly. So like, That's the problem. You know, the volume of shooting, you can't get consistent when you're a player like Porzingis when you're getting two shots a quarter. The, the, I think the point is here is that I don't think anybody is safe from not getting criticized. I think everybody deserves Agreed. a little bit of blame here because Luca, listen, Luca's just the ball dominant player on that team. Agreed. You know, when you're shooting 30, 35 times a game, I can understand why Chris Tops kind of feels like a side piece. like kind of feels like a little bit, I don't want to say rejected, Underutilized. but, but he, he feels a little slighted yeah. because he's like, dude, he's shooting the ball 30, 35 times. What you want me to do? It's like, yeah, no, I understand. And then, then, then there's rumors we're going to go after the Raptors GM and then we're going to sign Kyle Lowry and then we're going to reunite Kyle Lowry with DeMar DeRozan. Keep Kyle Lowry bum ass the fuck off my team. Man is like fucking 40 and we don't need a point guard because Luka Doncic runs the one. Kyle Lowry's just going to run around the court and be a defensive liability. I do not need you on my team. DeMar DeRozan, I would be more open to because you play defense, you can fucking, you, you fly off the court and you're a mid-range god. I, and you're an official free throw shooter. I cannot complain if DeMar DeRozan jumps on this team on a two-year deal. Kyle Larry, I can be upset about. Yeah, DeMar was actually a decent – would be a decent pickup for you guys if you guys could yeah. be able to land him. As a third – I wouldn't be mad, as the third be mad about piece that. or the second option on the team. Do. Y'all almost – it's like almost – for a lot of teams, a lot of teams, this is Brad Bill or bust, man. I, it's just yeah, – Yeah, Miami Miami's shooting themselves. Miami. not putting up. Well, and – I mean – I mean, there were teams that had a chance to go get James Harden, too. Miami. Philly Philly, Philly is definitely uh-huh. looking back saying they're idiots for not trading Ben Simmons. 32%. And- we talked about this earlier. I mean, I mean, Miami could have given up freaking – what was it? I don't think Miami wanted to give up Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, yeah. Yeah. Come on. They, they're going to regret that for – they're going to make a 60 for 60. What do you call it? 30 for 30. 30 for 30, 30, 30. 30 about Miami. Like, it's the stupidest decision that I've ever like heard in my life, bro. I just saw, I just saw on, on Twitter, happen? it was, a, it was a gif. It was a gif of Pat Riley and it was him at like a podium. And he was like, he was like, Giannis looks upset. Bradley's upset. And now Luca's upset. He goes, I'll leave the key under the mat for y'all too. <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid, bro. But that's besides the point. Like, like I mentioned at the top, man, it's been a crazy couple of days for the NBA. And I mean, Dude, from from firings and and potential acquisitions and then coaches and shit, it it it's been crazy. And you know, it, it this is the good part because we're not even at the off season. If it's getting crazy now, imagine when the season ends, it's gonna be crazy, bro. Players are moving, players are signing, coaches are getting fired. There's projected at least 
six to eight coaching spots that are going to be available by the end of the season, I think. It's going to be nuts. Like the offseason drama has already started and we're, we're in not the even, second round. We're not even in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals yet. Like, like I don't mean like, like what happened on Wednesday. The league is shambles, man. What, what happened on Wednesday was wild. <laughs> like just across the league, just like, you want to talk about wild days? Like Wednesday was one of them. That was just, I mean, you could have made like six or seven headlines just based off of what happened in the NBA that day. 100%. Yep. And now yeah. Zion's not happy either. I forgot to mention that. His family wants him on another team. Bro, you, this is just getting Zion's out not of even pocket. that good, bro. You know, all I'm saying is it's getting out of pocket right now. All these young kids, like you said, bro, you, you got to prove a lot more before you go and throw a, a franchise under the bus like that. Like, they didn't give you your first deal, like everything you've ever wanted. Like, give them a little bit more respect, bro. Like, come on now. You you cap it right yeah, now. Yeah, two I, years. I, I'm just saying, no. Lucas. A year and a half. He played half the year. Lucas, 22, yeah. and he's already got pulled to the point where the GM and the head coach are gone. But that's not all Lucas' accordance, though. Luca didn't want the GM fired. Luca didn't want Rick fired either. Luca thought he was coming back on the hot seat. And if there, we there, there was some, that, there, there was some tension. I saw the report that they were that there was like they said quote unquote simmering tension between yeah, uh, but Carlisle as, but, what, and Luca. Yeah, but like you said, simmering. So at the end of the day, it is what it is, and we we can only continue to monitor what the hell is going on with the NBA at this point. And I mean, I, I don't have any more NBA content. I mean, I, the floor is open guys. If y'all want to bring something up before I get into the MLB subject, that's, that's on y'all, honestly. MLB is soft. Uh. <laughs> Kevin, the floor is yours. If you want to, I mean, I got nothing. I mean, I can talk about hockey, but. I'm, I'm going to just make it quick. Um, guys, for those of you that don't know, Tuesday, uh, or should I say beginning on Monday, the MLB rolled out their latest policy of foreign substance suspensions. So basically, long story short, during the game, now the umpire is going to be able to check the, 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 the pitchers in the league, or should I say the pitchers in each game a multitude of times. The starting pitchers are going to get checked more than once. Mandatorily, they need to be checked once. And release pitchers will have to get checked every other pitcher, I believe, if, I'm, if I'm understanding this correctly. If the umpire deems that there is a foreign substance or if there is suspicion that there was the use of a foreign substance, that player is immediately ejected and is immediately suspended from the MLB for a 10-game suspension with pay. Trevor Bauer actually spoke about this a few days ago and has been petitioning this for a couple of months now saying that the MLB needed to get this situated. There have been a lot of videos and kind of slow motion videos of starting pitchers in the league, kind of like touching their glove or touching their cap. And then, you know, suddenly having a, a, an additional spin to their pitches. And I think it's actually getting out of hand. I don't know who the MLB thinks they are putting the umpires in a position of such power to basically look at somebody and say, it's a little suspect, you know what I'm saying? Your curveball is a little too good today. You're gonna get up out of here, Jimmy. Like, I think that's cap. I think that's unnecessary. And I, I I just think I think it's crazy that the MLB is going about it in this manner. Trevor Bauer went about and you know suggested a potential method of going about changing this process. And I'm not gonna get into that because it's a little too extensive. But you know, long story short, we're sitting here giving the umpires all this power in these games. We want to shorten the games of baseball. We want to make baseball more efficient. We want to get fans in and out. We want to fucking change the rules about man's on second and in in, uh, in extra innings. And now you want to sit here and tell me I got to watch an umpire go up to the mound every inning more than once to check somebody to see if they're cheating. Like, 
that just seems like it's counterintuitive. And I think that that's ridiculous because who is an umpire to tell a pitcher, hey, you're cheating. Like, I don't understand. Like, pitcher's hands are sweaty. They have rosin bags behind every mound, every game with every pitcher. And you're really going to tell me between sweat and rosin that you can dictate what's legal and what's not just with your eyes. I think the MLB is giving their umpires and officials just too much power because you're literally affecting a player's next 10 games. Granted, they're paid, thankfully. But at the same time, like, if my hand is sweaty with rosin and it gets sticky, who are you to tell me that I'm cheating? It, it, bro, I'm pitching my heart out. I just threw 113 pitches. Am I not supposed to have a sticky hand? Like, I don't know. I just think it's getting ridiculous now. That's, that's, just, that's just my quick little thoughts on it, honestly. Yeah. It's – the way that I look at it is, is – I, I couldn't really have said it better than you, Kev, to be honest with you. I really couldn't have. Like, how you played the game. Can you imagine you're sitting there and you constantly have to watch from whatever position it is you played? Hold on, mitt check. Hold on, substance abuse check. And you got to watch that like it's five, annoying. six times and again. That, that's stupid. It's, it's annoying. And it, if your it, guy gets tossed it, it, and you know he doesn't cheat, like, that is so stupid, bro. That affects your whole team. It, that's like three outings. Pitchers it, it, pitch every five games. You're literally going to make him miss two starts because you thought he cheated? That's bullshit. It, like, for me, it has to be obvious. If It, 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 it can't be like – because, look, there have been some blatant ones over the years. And you have to be 100% certain that the pitcher's using some sort of substance to get some sort of advantage. If, if you're not sure – like, and you're basically just banking on an, on a gut feeling to potentially throw somebody out of the game because you think that they might be cheating. That's not good enough to me. You have to be 100% sure that this guy, that this pitcher is actually making some sort of effort to get an advantage with certain pitches that he, that he throws. If you don't, then you got to let it go. So... I think like it's one thing to kind of like see it like in a rule book, but when it's actually used in practice, like in actual games, like as far as like the umpires deciding whether or not they're going to investigate a, a pitcher while they're on the mound, you know, you kind of have to see how this thing plays out in the field, so to speak. And we all know how umpires can be emotional. Like oh, let's yeah. say we're, we're bickering with calls, you know, balls and strikes, or we get into an argument about a potential play that happened earlier or whatever. And, you know, that, that umpire takes a, an unliking to it and someone throws a beautiful backdoor slider and it just looks like there's too much spin on it. Well, you've kind of been a dick. So I'm going to go check and see if you're cheating. Like that literally not only ruins the momentum and the pace of the game, but that ruins the psyche of the pitcher that he has to continuously prove that he's not cheating basically almost every inning because a starting pitcher has to get checked more than once. And I think that that's stupid. Did, did Paul Manfred sign on this? Who cares? Manfred. Oh, Rob Manfred. I'm sorry. I said Paul. It's Rob Manfred. Manf- Manfred. Manfred. I don't, I don't care. Honestly, Manfred's opinion is irrelevant. Yeah. Cause like <laughs> Tyree, I, I know yeah, you don't really delve into baseball too much. Like one of the things that like Kevin and I like have despised this year is the fact that if the game goes into extra innings, they're putting a runner on second. Automatically. Like what? Like, that's like basically saying, okay, like, instead of like, um, <laughs> I guess to kind of come with an idea of like, it, like maybe how it works in basketball, instead of <laughs> this is a that's really, crazy. It's a, it's a really bad analogy, but imagine if, 
instead of inbounding the ball from out of bounds, you just start from the half court line. It's an, it, it's a bad analogy, but it's like, you're essentially giving but no, it puts a team you, it, no, it's a good analogy the, because you're, you're already in a set offense at a half court. You don't have to worry about one prediction being out of bounds. Yeah. I feel like it's even, I feel like it's even more debilitating for the opposition though. You're cause that's, they start on second. There's a that's giving points to that's yep. giving points it's, it's it, so it's not get... end bouncing the ball like yeah that's a slighted disadvantage but like you're not explicitly giving you know how it's... hard it is to get on second base you know what i'm saying like it, it's, it's one hit, on one, hit one hit and that's a run score yeah. one hit no it's For hard to get players. on second base yeah like you know, because more than likely you're going to have – how do they do it? It's like the last player to get out in the, in the ninth inning goes in the to second base. Inning, yeah. Yep. Yeah, in the tenth. Yeah, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely stupid. Like, But it's funny because a lot of players are it's saying – It's like – It's funny how you're telling me you're going to suspend somebody for an assumption, but Houston walked away with no suspension and they got caught. Everybody in this league is up in arms about this. There's no player in the MLB that likes this rule. And I love the fact that players are speaking up. Trevor Bauer is the most outspoken person in this league. Like him or hate him, the man speaks on what's on his mind. And he definitely showed in his post-game conference with uh, like ESPN, literally, he showed in his hand the ball was sticking to him after he pitched seven innings. And he's sitting there like, I don't need to use anything sticky. I sweat and use a rosin bag. The baseball's not moving. I don't cheat. And this is what you're going to consider cheating. He goes, this is going to be a long year. Yep. It's just stupid. Yep. Because now it's like now we've gone beyond the whole performance enhancing drug thing. Now we're talking about substances. So that I mean, this is. And we wants to go down this route. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Whatever. It's the point of no return at this point. But that's everything I got on my side. My rant, whatever it is that y'all want to talk about. Like I said, you know, the floor is open. Tyree, you the guest, bro. You know, say whatever you got to say. Five minutes of fame. <laughs> I don't really give a shit, bro. Content is content at this point. Nah, yeah, nah. Shout out my gang, uh, Free GP Five. Uh, <laughs> my my podcast. You know what it is. It's sweet little baby T. My hot takes ain't hot takes, baby Debo. You know what it is. That's it. I don't got nothing else. Hot takes ain't hot takes. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle, any- I mean, you, you got you got something for me, man. I know you always got something for the end of the day. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of like fl- flipping through Twitter, just seeing what's popping up. I mean, I think the Yankees are doing pretty good against the the Blue Jays. Uh, I think yeah, the Lightning are seven four right now. The Lightning are up two one against the Islanders right now, and the. Uh, it's not the Eastern Conference Finals, but it's like the semifinals before the Stanley Cup. So, honestly, th- these hockey playoff series have actually been really fun to watch. It's, I know, I know you guys don't, you know, really watch hockey. And granted, I'm not the biggest hockey fan either. I'm like a fair weather fan, but these hockey games, especially in the playoffs, brother lit. I can't even front. Like these dudes get after it. So. And listen, I got to support the home team. Like the, the Lightning are potentially going to back to back Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, Stanley Cup champions, uh, Stanley Cup championships. Let me get that right. Um, so, you know, they're on a roll right now. And if they can uh, finish off the Islanders, you know, they could potentially be going back for Stanley, uh, Stanley Cup champions in back to back years. That's, that's pretty cool. So I got to give a little bit of shine to uh, the local team. 
just because uh, they've been on, they've been on one for a a hot minute. So, I mean, other than that, it's pretty much all I got from here. I leave the floor to you guys. Anything else? No, that was great. That was dope. For hey sure. man, Tyree, we we uh, we appreciate you for being on the episode. We know you've been here before. Yeah. We know you will be doing your thing on your podcast. So appreciate you for taking the time to to come on here and do your thing with us. We love you. You know we appreciate your podcast. We respect the grind and the hustle. So just shout out to you for being here, bro. Appreciate you, big dog. Exactly. Just if you guys haven't checked it out yet, go check out the Free Game podcast. You know they got some really great content over there, and we did coach, bro. Granted. <laughs> You know, they may not be like as current or like up to date as us. You know, we do two episodes a week, but whenever they do drop an episode, it's always fun and it's always entertaining, always entertaining to listen to those guys talk about whatever they're discussing. So definitely go check out the free game podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Right? Yeah. But well, I mean, like, other than that, guys, that, that's 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 wrapping it up on this side of the, on the podcast. Uh, like I said before, shout out to Tyree, shout out to Kyle, you know, always making sure that all of this stuff is taken accordingly and edited and properly placed on YouTube and whatever have you. My partner's the GOAT. I appreciate you, bro. I know that everybody that listens appreciate you. And, you know, we're going to level up with a lot of plans we got coming this summer. And, you know, this this podcast is this is just the beginning. We had 173 subscribers. We're too short of our goal from the end of last month, but we're you know, slowly catching up, hopefully God willing, by the end of the year, we'll maybe be around 200, 225. I'm aiming for 250, but you know, that's just, that's just how my mindset goes. So, Hey man, if you guys haven't already like subscribe, comment on all videos below, we do what we got to do for you guys. And we appreciate everybody. And like Kevin said, Tyree, it was just, it was awesome to have you on the podcast, man. Appreciate that. Not of this, but like they said, you know, We'll wrap it up here. Thank you guys for tuning into the episode, and we will see you guys next week. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, unapologetically fab get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it we're all about changing the narrative leaning into who you are and living a life by your own design join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success this is unapologetically fab an electric cast production see you there electric cast